You're listening to The Author's Leverage. You've written a book, you got it published, and you know you can make a much bigger impact with it than you already have. Maybe you're in the process of writing and publishing and want to be smart about how you help others and make more money while doing it. Welcome to The Author's Leverage Podcast, your guide to building a profitable business and changing more lives with your published work. This is the number one show that brings you tips on making you a more successful author from the very best experts around every week. Our mission is to help you blast through the noise and get you clear on your path to success as an author. You'll be equipped with practical tips and insights from host Parshel Tashi and her featured guests. And you'll leave each episode more excited, more confident to get that dream authorship life that you deserve. So sit back, relax, and get ready We're about to get real. We're about to clear. And from here, the sky's the limit. Here's your host, a former school teacher turned creative media entrepreneur and now founder of The Author's Leverage, Parshel Tashi. Hey, welcome to The Author's Leverage. I'm Parshel Tashi, and you're in for a treat today on this conversation because um, if you've ever thought about stories and really what's happening when you tell a story, I know we've heard a lot about that, but today we're going to focus on that, the power of story to really disrupt things um, in in our lives and in our patterns and just in in how we can really reach people, right, and cut through the noise to really make a difference. So I love these topics. I love these these discussions, and I'm excited that today we have on with us Monica Rogers. Um, Monica, welcome to the show. Let me introduce you. Uh, you guys, bringing an infectious warmth and playful levity wherever she goes, Monica Rogers is a tireless advocate for the full actualization of women, inspiring women everywhere to saying yes to the mess, uh, is the missing link to self-love and personal liberation and awakening. Through the Revelation Project podcast, a group coaching programs, uh, and group coaching programs, Monica guides women through their inner revolution, evolution from trance to transcendence, revealing the toxic myths of social conditioning and self-doubt in order to illuminate the magic and magnificence of our imperfect selves. She believes that women can take action towards realizing their true our true potential only when we stop proving and striving to be who everyone wants us to be. When we reveal the truth of who we are, we return to our original design. And with the practice of self-love and compassion, we become aligned, opening the portal into our divine purpose where true prosperity dwells. There's never been a more important time for women to reveal the truth of who we are as a catalyst for positive change in the world as the divine feminine returns in the Sophia century. That is incredible. That's probably my uh, favorite bio I've ever read because it just was so Uh, well put together. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you so much for having me, Parchal. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yes, yes. Thank you. And I'm so excited for for this conversation because, um, again, the power of story. And and, and even when we, before we recorded, you mentioned to say yes to the mess. So mm-hmm. I would love for you to share just a little bit of your background, um, uh, bring us up to speed on where you've come from and, and what you're excited and doing now. Oh, sure. So I would say my background has always been as um, an entrepreneur and I think a truth teller. Um, and before I was a truth teller, I was a truth seeker because I don't think we really know what our truth is until we start the process of unbecoming. 
Um, and so, you know, my introduction to the mess and saying yes to the mess was really through my own process of unbecoming from the entrepreneur I thought I had to be um, and the woman I thought I had to be. But of course, um, oftentimes, one of the things that most women cannot see is the overarching intersecting systems of patriarchy. And so I feel like in order for women to really start to uncover and reveal the truth of who we are, we first have to kind of tune in to what that system is and how it's really impacted us because it's something that often hides in plain sight and keeps women in what I call the trance of unworthiness. And that's where I was. Um, you know, I was striving for, to prove myself. I was, um, you know, suffering from levels of perfectionism, self-obsession. I was obsessed with, you know, staying young and doing all the things women in a patriarchal culture are taught around our value, you know, and, um, you know, I got to a point in motherhood where I was just really uh, exhausted. I was depressed. I was uninspired. Um, and I think that it really just took um, what I call a universal smackdown to, to help me to kind of go within and to start um, revealing the truth of who I was on the inside versus what I was continually seeking on the outside. It's just powerful. That process that you just described is an unbecoming, right? Whereas yeah. um, I think most, mostly, especially myself, I'm like, who am I becoming? What is that sort of future state? Um, why is the unbecoming important? Yeah, well, I think that's where we we really get to interrogate our beliefs and we get to really see how our conditioning causes us to continue to stay in compliance with the narrative, uh, you know, in terms of if we're living on the surface of our lives, the, our narrative is going to be fairly surface level and very much involved in all of these ways that we are uh, limited. Um, and I feel like when we actually dive below the surface into all of the places women have been not taught not to go, you know, which are our emotions, our intuition, our, um, our anger, our, you know, our sexual power, um, that that's where things start to really get revealed. And that's where we access our true voice, access our true power, and begin giving ourselves permission and what I call uh, radical self-approval. And it's only through that process that we're able to dare to be um, disruptive and that's where the power of story really starts to get interesting because if we're continuing to be pretty pleasing and polite for those out there, we're not going to disrupt what has continued to suppress and oppress us. That's, that's incredible. And when you think of that journey for a lot of us as women, that 
therein is the story. And it just really speaks to the importance of our story being out there and not being ashamed to share it. <laughs> I have to share one of my favorite stories ever is a friend of mine who she, she got engaged to a con artist. The aftermath of that, um, one of the first things that she wanted to do was to tell her story. Mm-hmm. So that way other women would be aware of it and you know, know about it. And since we just put out a few YouTube videos, you know, out there, I mean, we regularly get uh, women who just thank us. Oh my God, I was just talking to this guy or whatever the case is. And um, it, it's, it's just those stories that in not being ashamed mm-hmm. to tell it, because all the other women that he had done this to, it never spoken up about it. And she was like, he told the in this, you know, he, he picked the wrong one kind of a thing. And she really yes. disrupted a lot in just speaking up. And that, I mean, just what you're saying reminds me of that um, and just how important that is. Well, and, and in a patriarchal society, you know, women, we're taught to be like live our lives in isolation. We're taught often because it, because we're in compliance, you know, we, we continue to kind of live in this trance that it's our dirty laundry and why would we share that, you know? And so you think about all of the ways that we are microdosed these messages that keep us in, you know, compliance versus in contentment, right? Or keep us in containment rather than in contentment. You know, and true contentment only comes after our intolerance, after we've actually dared to, you know, kind of break free from the constraints that want to keep us, um, you know, in the status quo, you know, that want to keep us from accessing our true power. Because when women know our true power, and we're full of ourselves, we also then know our own enoughness. And when we know our own enoughness, enoughness, we no longer tolerate being treated poorly like your friend. We no longer tolerate people trying to silence us. You know, we, we no longer tolerate um, destroying the planet or, uh, you know, making people other othering other people human beings you know that's when uh we step into that goddess energy that truly gives us full access to our yeah to our unfettered selves to the self that is divine to the self that is sacred because when you think about it you know, it's like I'm she your friend was too sacred for what happened. And she believes other women are too sacred mm. for that as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm thinking about the experience of that. You know what I mean? What's actually going on inside your mind and your emotions and your heart as you are getting to that point and you find your voice emerging. How do you guide people through that to where it becomes something that's daily as opposed to every once in a while or once a year, whatever, how can it be, become a daily practice in living? Well, you said the the magic word there, and that is practice, right? Because uh, disrupting the trance and then staying out of the trance is the goal. And so <laughs> what, I, what I find is that when women actually come together in sisterhood, true sisterhood, not the patriarchalized version of sisterhood, 
when we're no longer trying to fix each other, when we're no longer trying to compete with one another, when we're no longer trying to, uh, you know, gossip or undermine one each other, one another, we come together in a context of sisterhood that is more about celebrating each other, seeing each other, witnessing each other, lifting each other up. Um, and the reason I love kind of this container of the Revelation Project is that it encourages women to do their own project. Don't do somebody else's, right? It's like uh, if if we're trying to reveal her life for her, you know, we're not doing our own work. And so it's truly about staying in our own hula hoop, but circling with other women and really being in sisterhood in a way that allows us to practice what I call the tools, um, the teachings um, of revelatory feminine leadership, which is all about the practice, which is all about developing the muscle for uh, permission, for approval, for um, being messy, saying yes to the mess, allowing our emotions to be to be there. And in essence, when you really look at the journey of the feminine, it's a journey to wholeness, and that actually includes the masculine. So what we come to find as women is that it's not about making the masculine wrong or bad. It's about harmonizing and balancing it and integrating it within us first so that you know, when we come back to life, when we kind of come back to the outside, we're really fully in service, but again, from a place of sufficiency, from, from a place where we have learned how to uh, anchor ourselves, embody ourselves. And that's another part of this journey, Parchal, is, you know, most women live outside of their bodies. We mm we have to make the journey back to the body. And the reason that we uh, disembodied was to survive what I call an emotionally uninhabitable world. But, you know, we come to a point in our adult lives where we're, you know, we're not responsible for what happened to us, but we are responsible, you know, for actually re-inhabiting ourselves and revealing, feeling, and healing our way back to wholeness. And we can only do that through the body. And so embodiment practices um, are also a massive part of the unbecoming process because it's the body where we reconnect back to the divine that is within us. You know, it's not out there and we were taught our whole lives it was. Um, you know, and it's in the body that we, we reconnect to um, our sexuality, our emotions, our intuition, um, and where we really have an intimate, true relationship with um, every part of us that gets remembered, even the parts of us that we abandoned at some point in order to belong to our tribe or belong to, you know, this culture, you know, what we, what we come to find is that the only way back is by belonging to ourselves first and no longer, as my friend Libby likes to say, allowing other people to put their hands on the dial of our self-worth. That's so powerful. 
That's so powerful. And there is, as you're saying, there's a shift that I feel like is happening. I think it is a hundred percent through sisterhood and community and being able to um, celebrate each other and to reinstill that, right? And to yeah. kind of sort of uh, build out that path within ourselves, right? Because we can That's see right. ourselves and we're able to support each other in that way. Um, that is so, so huge. And it speaks to also just the importance of community, I feel like now, um, to where anyone who is a thought leader, coach, um, expert, you know, your speaker, um, and the way that programs are being developed now, it's almost like without that sense of community, um, it's it's really, I think I'm, I'm starting to see it does a disservice because we have to be able to uh, come together. So when it comes to, you know, others that are listening who are mainly authors, they're publishers, they're teachers and speakers, can you speak to them also specifically when it comes to, you know, maybe aspects that they can bring to the table um, and what they want to do and communicate when it comes to impact and, uh, and, and connecting that to, I guess, in a sense, that I guess the revelation word is so big. <laughs> like in this process too, it's a personal uh, revealing that's coming to play. So we just love any words in, that, that come to mind for those that have, have signed up, I should say, for the, the task of communicating, teaching, sharing. Yeah, well, that's where that beautiful transparency really comes in. And that's where I always invite authors and writers is to just get into that gritty transparency. Because, you know, as we were both saying, you know, that's where women can truly see themselves. That's where other people can truly see themselves is through our messy, gritty stories, through our human mess, you know, and there's, I mean, again, it, it's really such a freedom. It's such a liberating process to be able to tell our stories. And I truly believe that it's by hearing other women's stories and even threading other people's stories through stories that we can tend to have the most impact because our personal story is usually our mess and our mess then is our message, you know? And so I really encourage um, other writers out there to just really uh, take that, you know, take that low road, you know, like get, get into the gutter of your story with people. I think that's where true intimacy is. What that intimacy means to me is into me see, right? And that by doing that, we don't diminish ourselves. What we actually do is we liberate and honor ourselves. And if I were to define revelation, I would define it in a few ways. One, I would say revelation is like a surprising or previously unknown fact, um, especially one that's made in a dramatic way, right? So um, I think we all have high drama stories. You know, sometimes it's like truth is stranger than fiction and can be way more dramatic than fiction. Um, also, I love the definition of making known something that was hidden uh, or secret, you know, we live in a world that tends to um, raise us in families where there's a lot of secret keeping and a lot of shame, and we're only as sick as those secrets. And so I think 
writing about that can also be very powerful. Um, another definition of revelation is to emphasize a surprising or remarkable quality of someone or something. And so again, I think it's beautiful when we can really emphasize those remarkable qualities, not only in ourselves, but in our characters, in the people that we're writing about. And then the fourth is um, the divine. You know, it's usually the magic of life. There's a supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to our existence or to the world. And I think that, you know, again, this, this culture, not, I'm not talking about religion here. I'm talking about our true spirituality, our true divinity. You know, it's like, I think what we're starting to really do is to deconstruct all of these internal systems. And one of those systems is patriarchalized religions that have diminished the value of women and have often um, put women and men in conflict. And I think that we all know as we go through this unbe unbecoming process that there's so much more available to us. That's when we start aligning. And I always say when we align, we are divine. And that is when life starts to really reveal itself to us. And that is filled with magic and mystery. It is magic and mystery indeed. <laughs> Just that that process, um, because it, there's so much that you don't know. Yeah. There's so much that you don't know. There's so much that you wish for at the same time. When you say saying yes to the mess, that is definitely going to stick with me along with some other words I wrote down, revelation, <laughs> um, radical, radical acceptance of self. Um, mm -hmm. And as, as authors, as contributors to you know, society and our, our communities, um, also just going transparent yeah. and allowing that vulnerability to be that superpower for us. Because I feel like that's, that's what you're saying. It's like the, the parts that don't get seen, that don't get talked about, um, that others wouldn't see, the revealing of that honors yourself and it frees other people. Isn't that crazy? Yes, <laughs> it is. It really is. It shows, you know, it's like we're terrified and yet it's the most lovable thing about us is when we do it. You know, it's like it really, it's so um, endearing. And so it really opens versus collapses us. You know, it really opens others versus um, has them go into judgment. You know, if anything, it, it shows our true courage and our true intention. And I think that anybody who's writing is really looking to liberate and um, help others in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. And and how do you specifically help help folks and, and where can they get in touch with you to learn more and to to uh, connect, right? To to just be and be with you and to support your journey. Where let us know where they can do that too. Yes, thank you so much. So I have a podcast called The Revelation Project Podcast. And on it, I interview guests that 
are revealing different conversations that are usually hidden in our culture that are usually um, not mainstream, but are fascinating. Um, and so I invite you to check out the podcast. And then um, I also have an online course for women called Unbecoming. And it's exactly about, um, you know, just this process and the tools, teachings and uh, embodiment practices of revelatory feminine leadership. Um, and really, I think we're in a time of uh, starting to really um, embrace feminine leadership, starting to understand that hustle culture is not for us, actually, that, you know, we have so much more to give when we can fill ourselves first, and then we can give from our overflow. And so it's really teaching women how to live in right relationship with that more integrated, bringing more of the feminine in and, um, you know, really kind of the unbecoming of so much of the overemphasized masculine so that we can get into harmony and balance. And of course, you're welcome to check that out as well as some other programs on jointherevelation.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Monica, thank you so much for your time and being here. Um, one question that I usually ask every guest is what is your one word? I think I would know what it is, but... <laughs> What your one word is um, that, you know, resonates from you to the planet um, forever and ever. What is that one word? Yeah, I would have to say it's revelation. Yeah, yes. it, it's, <laughs> it's revelation. And just what I would say to, to all of our listeners today is that your life is your revelation project. And so, you know, I think when we are ready, willing, and able, I'll, I say raw, ready, able, and willing, uh, that's when we can really start our revelation project. And that's when life will come to meet us. And I always say at the end of every day or interaction, more to be revealed, because that keeps me engaged with the mystery. That keeps me kind of practicing. Like I don't have to know everything right now. It's okay to be in the unknown. It's actually amazing to be in the unknown because this is the, the place of creation as when we're kind of always engaged in what is wanting to be revealed and what we're intending to, to um, you know, to become as we continue the unbecoming. So thank you so much, Parchel. It's been such a joy. Yes, thank you, thank you. And thank you for those who tuned in to this conversation. I hope that you got so much value of it out of it because I know that I did and I'm just truly, truly blessed. And uh, I don't know about you, but I needed to hear this and it was right on time. So I hope it's on time for you too. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you, Monica. And uh, we'll see you next time on The Author's Leverage been tuning into the author's leverage podcast if you're new here be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our latest guest appearances and receive the best of the best strategies on successful authorship today and be sure to connect with us and with today's guests using the links below this episode if you're interested in turning your bestseller into a premium and profitable online course head on over to our website and schedule a call with us today until next time remember 
Publishing creates credibility, but products create cash. You can repurpose your book as a learning experience to make the impact and the income you want as an author. We'll see you on the next episode of The Author's Leverage.